She's my friend. Welcome back, guys. Today is a little bit different. We have Scott Rouse on the show. He is a behavior analyst and body language expert who has been featured on Dr. Phil and numerous huge news outlets sharing <laughs> his feedback on body language. He's had TED Talks and he's written a ton of best-selling books. He's been trained alongside the FBI and holds certifications in advanced interrogation training. So Scott, please go easy on us because I know you're probably observing us right now. <laughs> We're so excited to hang out with you. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I want to take it back to the very beginning. I love the story that you tell about you and your dad at the hospital analyzing people. When I was a little kid, I was always interested in how people behaved and what they did and those kind of things. And my, we lived in this little town called Louisa, Kentucky, really tiny little place. And my dad was the only doctor there at the time. And so my mom, so we went to, we lived next door to the school, to the elementary school. And so I was in the first grade. My sister was in the third grade. My brother wasn't in school yet. He was just a little, little kid. And my mom would, would come and get us. And, and we walked two blocks down to the hospital, which was actually just a big house that was actually a couple of houses stuck together. And that was the, the hospital and his office was like, I guess, the one of the big rooms in the house, like a, a bedroom or something. And this this big, they turned, like knocked the wall out of one thing. And then this closet's how you entered into this other room. And that was his office. Mm. And so we would eat lunch in his office with him. And we could see the people out there in, in, in the waiting room, in his waiting room. And then, so one day, I saw these two cats I knew. It was uh, Billy Elkins and um, Robert Bellamy. And when I was looking at him, I said, oh, how have you stayed as a kid? I said, I don't know what these guys are doing. I know those guys are from my, you know, I go to school with them. Mm -hmm. My dad said, well, let's take a look. And so he looked over at him and he went, okay. He said, well, uh, Robert has an earache and he's been up all night with his mom. And so that's why he's here. And he looked at, at Billy Elkins and he went, and Billy's pretending like he's sick. So he doesn't have to go to school today. And I said, however you say as a kid. I said, well, how do you know that? And he said, well, let's look at Robert and his mother. See how Robert's got his hand on his ear? Mm. Yeah, I couldn't tell you had an ear. I said, yeah. He said, That's, that lets me know he's got an earache. And it really hurts him. And he said, yeah, I was leaning on his mom. And I said, yeah. And he said, now, look at, let's look at his mom, because we knew these people. Mm. And, and he said, see how her hair is, is, is not done like it usually is? And I said, yeah. And he said, see, she doesn't have any makeup on? And I said, yeah. He said, well, that lets me know she's been up all night with him because it's, you know, because it's earache. I said, oh, okay. And he said, now let's look at, at, at Billy, at Billy Elkins. And I said, okay, great. So he said, now see how Billy's sitting there. Was, he was sitting on a little bench and see how his legs are going like this. And I said, yeah. And he said, now here's what, and let's take a look at his mom. She's got her hair done. She has her makeup and she's sitting up straight and she doesn't look very worried about him. I said, yeah. And he said, now look at his face. Yeah, he's just got like, his eyebrows are up and he's reading. He's kind of rocking back and forth. His legs. And I said, yeah. So that lets me know he's not in a bad mood. Nothing looks like it hurts him. He said, but what's going to happen in the next couple of minutes? He's going to, his mother will say something to him and he's going to get a sad look on his face. And then he's going to turn sideways and look up at her. He's going to put his, the magazine, he's reading highlights or one of those things you read at the doctor or dentist or whatever. And so he's going to talk to her for a second and she's going to pat him on the arm. Then, She'll go back to reading whatever she's reading and he'll sit back up. And just a couple of minutes later, he'll be doing his legs again. And he'll have his eyebrows up and he'll look just fine. And he'll be going back and forth. Well, that happened. And I was like, oh my God, this guy, he's, you know, it's magic. You know, how do you know that? So, and I, and Harvey asked as a kid, I said, how do you know that's going to happen? And he said, well, that's the way people are. He said, everyone is fairly 
the same as, as a human being. And you can tell what's on their mind by the way they're acting. And so we call that body language. And I said, oh, that's fascinating. How do you say it as a kid? So he would bring home things and, and read things to me, and, you know, translate them from whatever the studies were, because there were no real books out, you know, back then on right. body language. And he would tell me what was happening and how you'd know if somebody does this, quite often it means this. If, you know, how you look at what are their facial expressions telling you? Weren't a lot of studies on that yet. Paul Ekman, the guy who's the most famous, um, excuse me, um, facial expression um, scientist, I guess you'd say in layman's terms, he studied those, did the first big studies on those. Uh, he would read me stuff that that he had, you know, things like that. His didn't start till later on, I think early 70s, and this was probably, this was the early 70s. So he would tell me about those things. And as, as we'd be out somewhere, he'd go, so what's wrong with that guy? It'd be some guy limping or something. i say, oh, his leg hurts because he's limping. He'd go, that's right. You know, so he kind of like mm. was into it like that. So I just got to where I, I was into being able to tell what was wrong with people. By the way, they were acting. Mm. So I'd sit there and just watch people forever until I figured out if something hurt or it didn't. Or then it got into the personality types. You know, what kind of personality types is this person? So it broke down to all those things when I was little. So I just sort of got a, a knack for that as I grew grew older and did it the things normal people did. So that's this way I always saw things and thought of things were in terms of how someone was behaving and how they were acting and what their body language was body language was telling me and not just what they were saying. Are you always observing people in your day-to-day -day life, like at the grocery store, just when you're interacting with friends? Is that just always going? you tell people that that doesn't work that way. See, now nah, it's, you know, you can turn it off, but you really can't because wow. in my, in my business, I'm always assessing threats. No matter where you go, you're always looking to see if something's wrong somewhere or how somebody acted and they get ready to rob this place. Did they do something and then come here and they're walking around trying to pretend like they're fitting in, you know, is the person with that person, little kid, does that kid belong with that person? Yeah. Does that girl belong with that guy? Is she not saying anything? Is she too close to him? Is he got his hand on her, but holding it like this instead of like you would like your one of your all's boyfriends will like hold your hand? You walk around. Do you, how do you look at him? And if they don't look at him, things like that. So I'm all the time looking for um, things that that don't fit. I feel like I do my own analyzing. I don't know. I I try, well, but it's yeah. You probably do. Women are are so much better at, at gathering information mm. than men are because you your brain is. Oh, I know. So, um, you know, science tells us that, that you, that the woman's brain, the female brain is much more powerful at collecting information and sorting it out than the male's brain. This isn't coming from some, you know, political thing or whatever you want to, whatever. We know that for a fact, and you all gather information much better than, than, than we do. And you do it much quicker. For example, mm -hmm. there are two parts of your three parts really of your brain that, that deal with that. Well, there's a thing called the fusiform gyrus, and that collects all the little things that you see in somebody's movements. Like if I'm sitting here and I'm blinking my eyes and my shoulder goes up a little bit, or I back up a little bit, or I might do that as I'm talking, or as I'm talking, my sentences will start chopping up a little bit, not that much, but a little bit. Your brain, your brain, all of our brains see that, but yours grabs all that little information, all the, all the little things that are happening a lot clearer than the male brain does and then you have this thing called the mid temporal gyrus right and it's, it's about a quarter inch in right there on your brain and that grabs all the big moves like my hands moving like this or doing this or if a car drives by or if a plane flies over it sees those and grabs it in that situation because not only does it grab information from the person you're seeing it grabs uh situational information as well 
So little things moving or bigger things moving. So you have the person and you have the environment that person is in. And then it takes all that information and it throws it back to this thing in the back of your head here, the back at the base of the brain called the locus ceruleus. It's about as big as a BB. Fancy. And it's, yeah. And it starts <laughs> going through all that information, sifting through it and trying to decide when you see, so have I seen this person before? Have I seen the situation before? What happens when, what does usually happen when that goes on? What, how, what do I know about this? What don't I know? But all that information. Now, men, guys, we get what's called gut feeling. We say, oh, I don't know. I have a gut feeling about this. And so I'm going to do so-and-so. But women get the most powerful power there is in the world. And that's woman's intuition. And, that and right. so that, let, that feeling we get is a gut feeling. But you all get this feeling. Like, for example, one day this will probably happen to you. You're, you'll come home. And your husband will say, oh, I've got this guy. If it's okay, this guy, Phil, coming over to, you know, eat with us. And, and I haven't seen him. He's, I met him in college or I met him in the military. I met him whenever we were kids or whatever, known forever. And he comes over and and you say, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll have him over. And, and, and your husband says, we'll just talk and we'll eat and we'll cook. Yeah, okay, great. You spend all this time with this guy, right? And he's talking to him and you're acting like you like him. And, and your husband's like, yeah, and they're telling old stories and stuff. It's fun. Y'all have fun as the, as the night goes on. You have a blast. And then at the end of the night, you know, the guy you know, hugs and goes, listen, it's great meeting you. I've heard a lot about you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's so great. I've heard so many great stories about you. And I know that my husband just thinks you're wonderful and all that stuff. And your husband hugs him. Okay, somebody I'll see you later. And he leaves. No sooner will that door close that you'll turn to your husband and go, don't you ever, don't you ever let that guy back in this house again. And he'll say, why? What? What's? What is it about Phil? And you'll say, I don't know. Something's just not right about that guy, because you have, your locus ceruleus hasn't had time to. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself. What is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To go through all that yet it's still sorting through but it's going wait a minute man we're getting red flags don't know what they are yet but you know keep that away from me until we figure out what's wrong with this guy what's wrong with this situation wow. that's the way it works and then one day you'll be in the shower you'll be driving you'll be you know, riding something or you'll just be watching tv or walking around you like, oh now i know i don't like and whatever it was that bugged you you'll start it'll all start lining up you go oh i've seen that because you know what's wrong with that guy and you, you may not know the specifics still, but you'll be able to at least get the idea of why you don't like him and tell your husband. Now, when you get that in a situation, be it um, you're going to, a, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to women who have had the, the, the most horrific experience of, experience of their lives. And they, they knew beforehand when they, when they went out to the parking lot, when they went in that house, when they were in their own home, when they first got there, they said, something's not right here. This is weird. But they went in anyway, or they saw, or they went to the, to the parking lot. They didn't get anybody to walk into the car at nighttime. 
And they said, I look at the park and they've said this. I've looked, I looked at the park and I didn't see anything wrong. Nothing looked bad to me, but I did have a feeling I shouldn't. I knew I shouldn't have. They all say that because your brain catches all these. You might've seen somebody just barely move behind something, but you didn't catch it, but your brain did. And something said, hey man, something's up. That little alarm in your limbic system goes off and says, something's up, look out. And you don't listen to it because there's something else on your mind. And mm -hmm. oh, I'm not that kind of person. I don't want to, you know, it's not that you're being paranoid. You're just being vigilant, making sure that you're okay. So when you when you get that feeling, you have to, you must listen to it every time, regardless, period. When you, when you hear that little voice that's trained you your whole life, and it says, I don't know, man, you better, I, something's not right about this, and then something's not right about that. And if something isn't, you know, that way, then that's fine too. How do we attract a husband? How can we seem more open when we're at the bar or we're out? How do we seem more approachable? Like what kind of body well, language should we? Yeah. If we want to get hit on. You yeah. Know? Well, you got to be careful with it because if you give it out to, you're going to get hit on anyway. You know what I mean? If, if you get your girls, guys love girls always. So yeah. the thing is you've got to be careful. So you don't, you don't look too approachable. Because if you do, that gives them the idea, oh, I can take advantage of this situation. You know, these days, as you probably know, there's a lot of, now I've got to come, I've got to come from the side. If y'all were my kids, then I'd be going, listen, man, there's, there's trafficking out there. You got to be careful of that. You got to watch yeah. for this. You got to, you can't yeah. trust anybody, you know, so you've got to be really careful. So you want to be, so when you meet someone and you feel okay about them, make sure you just pay attention to them, you know, look at them keep looking if you really want to get their attention don't stop looking at them now there's a difference between the psychopathic stare and what i'm telling you all right because psychopaths if some guy spots you from across the room and won't quit looking at you don't go oh my gosh this guy won't stop looking at me quite often that's not a good sign because mm -hmm. and i'm not saying the person the, the the odds of running into a psychopath and having that happen they're not they're not low you know because they're they're a lot more psychopaths now than we thought there were uh, a mm -hmm. long time ago but you have to be careful because the psychopath doesn't know it's not okay to keep looking. They don't get it. They don't feel anything like that. They have no empathy. So they don't know it's weird for them to keep looking at you. Wow. So some guy's staring at you from across the room and he keeps doing it and won't let up. Every time you look at it, he's still looking at you. Don't hang out with that. Most likely that's someone you don't want to hang out with, but to be more open with someone, you don't use open body language. You know, you want to use these, these symmetric, um, things as you're talking to someone you know use both hands a lot of times and what you were doing just a minute ago with your hair guys love seeing that because that's telling them as yeah. an animal i'm i'm preening myself for you you know look at me i'm i'm and the more depending on who it is the more feminine you are if this is a tough guy a big guy you're talking to well it really doesn't matter the more feminine you are the more a guy will be attracted to you you know so that is those and Obviously, y'all are fairly feminine. I mean, look at the way you're dressed, the way you talk, and the way you move your hands and everything. Not that I'm assessing you, but that's, no, I, please that's do. just like right it. out of the gate. <laughs> that's what it seems like to me. So uh, when you meet someone, you got to be real careful these days. You're, mm -hmm. So so make sure you don't get that feeling we talked about a couple minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Because if you do, then sign that guy yeah. off no matter how hard he comes on. So you really got to be careful. But the more you look at them, the more you talk to them and ask them questions about themselves. Boy, they love that. No matter what it is, <laughs> in, inter in interrogation, we have a thing where you go, no matter what they say, you go, wow, wow. And you say, that's interesting. That's I interesting. Say that all the time. And you say, and then you say, tell me more about that. So when we go to parties and, and, and everything's fine and somebody says something weird, my wife, as soon as I go, wow, really? Then she goes, don't, don't do it. 
because then I start <laughs> squirreling in on, you know, what might be wrong here, what they might have said that was wrong. So as I say, wow, really? Well, tell me more about that. Uh, hand to God, that will, that, that's a game changer for you. And as you do it, do, do your hair back like that. As you really tell me more about that. Tell me more. Guys love seeing that. That's good. Yeah. To know. Well, if you do that, then they go, okay, I got one here. <laughs> Okay. Like, so you got to be real careful. I'm dying to ask you how to spot a damn liar. Let's talk about some of the myths of lying first off. Yes. Like when you see it, when you think somebody's lying to you, what 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 do you think they do? What do you think that person's do, does? They break they eye contact. They fidget. They fidget. That's those that's the first thing somebody usually says is, is they break eye contact. Now, if you were to ask me, you know, what's 400,000 minus 3 plus 1 divided by 8? you know, times nine. And I kept looking at you and it's the see 4,000 plus. And, but, and I didn't look away. It would be weird. Right. Mm -hmm. Most people who are lying to you, they think they know that you probably think that breaking on eye contact means they're lying. The person who's not lying doesn't care. They don't care if you think that or not, because they're not lying. They're being mm -hmm. honest with you. So when someone breaks eye contact with you, it's okay. Because if I should be, I should look away to think about that. The person who keeps eye contact with you, that's the one you want to keep asking. There's not one thing somebody will do that will let you know they're lying for sure or telling the truth yeah. for sure. You'll hear there that, that, oh, they did this or they're lying or they did this or they're lying. Like looking down to the left means something. Looking up to the right means something. It means mostly absolutely nothing. When people look down to the left doesn't mean they're lying. Now, when you look down this way, it means that. When you look down this way, it means that. There were no studies done on that. So wow. if someone's lying to you, look for things like this when they lie to you. And the fidgeting part would come into it. If someone's, if they're shaking their leg, you know, you can't see my leg shaking, but I'm doing this. And then you ask them a question and the fidgeting, that little leg shake stops. That's just one cue. You want to look for, for clusters, for groups of things that'll tell you that that person may be being dishonest with you or becoming uncomfortable because the most important thing you're looking for are the differences in comfort and discomfort. Is a person comfortable when you first start talking to them and then all of a sudden they're not comfortable? Well, it's not all of a sudden. It's There's some things that happen in between there. And the things you'll see, we call them adapters. Like if you said, did you do so-and-so at whatever time? And I, and, and I started doing, pulling on my face and pushing on this when you, when you, push on your face or you do your hand like this or you bite your mouth or you kind of move your arm a little bit and squiggle around, you're adjusting and we call that adapting. You're trying to get rid of that built up stress and tension. But if they cross their arms wow. and they start rubbing their, their arm like that, there's little repetitive movements. Those are those are called self-soothing behaviors. And people will will do that to help relax themselves or they'll hug themselves. It won't just be their arms crossed. They'll get kind of tight as you're talking to them. If you were to ask someone a question and their answer goes along and then all of a sudden toward the end of it, it gets kind of quiet like this and they finish their question, their answer. We call that fading facts. Sometimes it's very um, mild. You have to get a listen for that. You have to listen for that drop in volume as they, as they start talking. But that doesn't mean they're lying. That's just one, that's just one cue. You want to find three to five things in that next five seconds after you ask that question look for things like them backing up a little bit, not a whole lot, but just to, as they give their answer, they may back up just a little bit. Look for the one shoulder shrug and they say, I'm telling you this happened or that happened because their head went like that. And that shoulder came up like that. 
that's not natural. A one shoulder shrug isn't really natural. And if it happens really fast and goes away, that's not natural. A normal shrug lasts about a second, second and a half. But a real quick little thing, a little pop like that is just their brain firing off. Now, if their chin goes toward that, if the, I don't know what you're talking about, and the one goes up in the chin, that's that's one of the things I look for. I'm going to analyze everyone now that I talk to them. Like, oh, their shoulder's up. No. They're lying. No, so. it's, it's interesting. Kinda... You have to look at the whole picture. Because I oh, always yeah. thought, okay, it's just one little thing. Or their head's going like this. If they say yes, it's going no. But so that's good to know. I am wondering if I'm on a date with a guy, what are some body language cues that he's into me? Or not into you? Both. Okay. Look where his feet are pointed. You know, it may be hard. You may have to do this and act like you're scratching your leg or something like on the table, but his feet should be pointing right at you, not at the door. Your brain is wherever your feet are pointing. That's where your brain is. He may be wanting to leave. So, but if they're pointing right at you, you've got his complete attention, especially if you're standing there with somebody, you know? So if their feet are pointed toward you, you, you've got their attention. So, but if you see somebody whose feet are pointing away from you as you're talking to them, let them go. Say, you know, you know, well, I've got to do whatever. It looks like you've got something to do. Go ahead and move along. That way you can get to the next guy, you know, or the next situation. <laughs> I'm going to look at people's feet now when I'm talking to them. Yeah, Same. just kind of get a little view of it real quick. You know, so what about the reading. three type of eye gazes? So when you first meet a guy, what you want to do is you want to have sort of this almost like a business gaze with him where he's just looking at you and it's just, it's three little dots. You look there and the eyes, the forehead and the eyes, that's mm -hmm. it at the top. Now, when you get to, to, when you know someone a little better, you get the social gaze, most likely in a bar that that guy's going to come out of the gate with a social gaze. He's going to look at your eyes and your mouth or your chin area right in there. And that's fine, you know, cause you're trying to, you know, make him like it and pretend, you know, give him the feeling you already know him that kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the, it's the eyes and the chin, the mouth, that area there, but people who know each other fairly well, you have the intimate gaze, which is the eyes and the chest, not the eyes and the breast, but the eyes and the chest. That's family members do that. You guys probably do that because you're probably besties and hang out all the time. Literally, you, can yes. you, you can look anywhere you want each other. It's not rude at all. But if I was to, <laughs> to meet you guys and start looking anywhere I wanted to, then it'd be like, you need to get that feeling we talked about earlier. You go, something's wrong with this guy, but you'd Something know exactly creep. what it was. Yeah, he's creeping, man. He's a creepy guy. <laughs> so you have to pay attention to how they look at you. You know, especially when they first when they first come out, hey, this is good. You know, where their shtick is, you know, because they've all got one. They've all got their, yeah, they all have their thing. So you have to, to okay. uh, just look where they're looking. I want to talk about confidence and are there body language tricks we can use to ace that interview or to maybe get what we want out of somebody into you know, body language to seem more confident, even if we don't feel confident. What's some advice? How do we that? fake people? Yeah, we want to trick okay. people. <laughs> well, well, it's not fake it or trick it. And we don't call it manipulation. We refer to it as persuasion. So it doesn't sound as bad. But if you want to give the impression that you're confident, mm -hmm. then what you do is the less, the least you move, the better off you are. Mm -hmm. So the more, in other words, the more still you are, the better off you are, because it looks like you're in control of everything. If you use things like I was talking about earlier, these these symmetric uh, movements when you talk to someone and, you know, don't be afraid to use um, illustrators like I'm doing now. So, you know, use your hands because when people use your hands, most people think, you know, it, it, it helps them understand you better. People want to see that, mm. but if it's an interview, no. So you want to sit, you know, obviously sit up straight and you listen really well and you got to look like you're listening. 
Most mm. people don't. So the key to looking like you're listening is you just put one ear forward a little bit and you squint a little bit and you go like this every now and then just as you do that. Wow, I hear you. Wow, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay. So when it's your turn to talk, what you do is you want to give them the when it's when you've got a lot to say and you don't want them to say anything. This is an interrogation trick. No, we like. So what you do is as you, yeah as you talk, you look like you're listening, and you can you can and and instead of using your illustrators to go outward like this and start talking about things, you sort of pull them in a little bit as you're talking to them, you know, and you get just a little quieter. Don't let do fading facts, but as you're talking to them you get just a little quieter because it makes them come in a little bit because you're they can't hear you as well so as you talk just a little bit quieter not a whole lot then you get that ear this way and you start shaking your head yes you can repeat anything over and over you just have to give them that feeling that you're trying to drag stuff out of them that's why you use your illustrators like that as you talk to them and no matter what it is you can just keep repeating it and they'll still listen and if you shake your head like this after a couple minutes they'll shake their head like that too and make sure you just pull them in a little bit as you go along and no matter what you see i've been repeating myself and you guys are like yeah yeah you can say anything keep doing that and it locks them in for just a minute you also mentioned mirroring the person that you're speaking to mm -hmm. can you elaborate on that sure now everybody thinks they know how to mirror people properly like if, like if i came in and i was doing this and all of a sudden you'd start doing this too or if i mm -hmm. you walked up and i had my hand over here and was like that you'd walk uh -huh. up and okay and you start that too you have to do it you have to be cool about it one time at the entrepreneur center in nashville i was the entrepreneur in residence there from 2011 to 2017 there was a guy that came in and they came in and said look there's a guy here we, we don't know him he's you know just he just came in and said he's got an idea will you talk to him i said yeah because anybody weird they give to me for those initial meetings is it, who can we give these people i said man that's my bag let me talk Hilarious. to him. so this guy comes in he was you know he was going to school he was going to vanderbilt looked like an, an, a great guy and they came in i said hey man you want some coffee he goes yeah i have some coffee so i had some coffee and he had some so we had our cups sitting you know mine was here and his was there and i had a pen so I put my pen down and he picked his up and he put his down on the other side of mine. I said, no way. You know, I thought, okay, here we go. And so I went like this and he went like this. I said, shit, I got me one now. So as I was talking to him, I would do this and then he would do this and I'd move and do this. And then he'd move just instantly move and do that. I'd take a drink of coffee and he'd take a drink of coffee and then he'd, he'd keep talking. Then I would say something. And, and as I was talking to him, I'd do this and he'd do this too. So at this point, I was dragging him around, having him do all kinds of weird stuff. And so at one point, I took a drink. He was talking. I took a drink out of my coffee and I put my cup down. And he took a drink out of his coffee and he put his cup down. And I picked my cup up. He picked his up. And I spit my coffee back in the cup. And he just looked at me. And I said, dude, what are you doing? And he said, I read your thing where you're supposed to mirror people. And it's supposed to. I said, you're doing it wrong. I said, you didn't read the whole oh, thing. Because what you have to do. Yeah. So you got to be cool about it, man. If somebody scratches their face, you don't have to scratch your face. Just move your hand a little bit, you know? Right. So it's not you like you're just, supposed to, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. And if, if you're, if two people are standing there with their hands like this, you can't walk up and just do that. <laughs> you got to walk up and talk for a second and move one I hand can't. over here. Yeah. Do that. Then a couple months later, do that. You know, take your time getting into it because they'll think you're making fun of them or mocking them or something like that. It just looks unnatural. And you may not realize that these people are making fun of you all of a sudden because you came up and were weird. Because it's weird to come up and bust into some, you know, stance that they're doing if you start doing that too. But what is the reason that we mirror? Does it make the other person feel comfortable when you're speaking with them? Yeah, people like to see people like them. They want people to, they like people who are like them. 
So when you when you uh, mirror them, when you look like them, they're more apt to connect with you faster. In other words, another another thing to pay attention to is how they talk. You want to you want to that's mirroring, but it's matching and mirroring. What you want to do is you want to match their vernacular and their tone of voice. The guy you're talking to, when you first start talking to him, listen to what he says. Try to match his tone. If he's all up here, then you be all up there with him, okay? Mm-hmm. If he's all down here, then you get down there with him. But when he starts talking, his what he talks about, even though all of our communication styles fall, in, fall under these unique categories, we're all different, they're going to fall under one of three categories. The first one being visual, the second one being auditory, and the third one being kinesthetic. So what you want to listen for is how they they see the world. If they say things like you all say, when you when you y'all have talked about things that you hear and things like that, how things sound. Now, if he says that sounds good to me, or I hear what you're saying, then he he sees the world from a, a, a an auditory place. He's how things sound to him. You know, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Those kind of things. So what you want to do is use those types of phrases too. It takes you a minute to talk to him and figure out where they are. If he's a visual person, he'll say, "I see, I see what you're saying. That looks like something I'd wow. want to do." That that kind of thing, and the 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 kinesthetic person will talk about the way things feel, and they'll say, oh, "That's you know, um, how's today going?" They'll say, oh, it's, "It's been a rough day, or it went smooth. You know, things seem smooth so far." Um, what kind of person is she? Ah, eh, she's got a little bit of a sticky personality. I don't know if I like her. Whatever the words, the the style they use in their vernacular, you start peppering your vernacular with, with that style as well. So listen to what, to the words they use, and when you hear these things pop out, one or two of them, you say, okay, I think this. Is, sometimes you hear a couple of them, but the one they use the most, that's one you want to go with. So you get that tone happening. You talk the same speed they're talking, and you pepper your conversation with those words that you're hearing about, whether it's visual, auditory, or kinesthetic. Man, that'll that'll reel them right in every time. Because they'll wow. they'll think you're like them, and when you start matching or when you start mirroring them as well, subtly, you don't have to mirror as much because you're a girl. He's going to start mirroring you most likely first. Now, when you got him, you'll know because those eyebrows will go up as he's talking to you. When guys see girls who they find attractive, their eyebrows go up and they'll stay up, especially if they when they first talk to you, their eyes will be up like their eyebrows will be up like this. Hey, how you doing? Like that's the guy that's going to be the easy. <laughs> that's, you got that guy already, you know. So you wow. want those eyebrows up and you see a guy look at you and the eyebrows go up like that. Or you look around, some guy's going like that. He's not a psychopath. He just thinks you're pretty. So. Oh, wow. I'm lo- what about like yeah. someone's smile? Like when they smile, can you tell by their smile? Like if it's like cheesy, if they're faking it, they just, they don't yeah. want to be here. Well, you know, there's that, the, the intricacies of what we call the Duchesne smile, which is the, the real smile. And most people think you can tell a real smile by seeing the little wrinkles in your eyes. You know, oh, I can tell, because, but see, you can see wrinkles in mine and I'm not smiling because I can squint and make those. However, the person who is doing a real smile, you'll see these, the, the wrinkles in there, they don't come down and squish like this or like that. They'll come at an angle like this because that's your brain doing that. If you squish them together, they just come down straight. But if your brain does, it comes at an angle. And your brain would do it because it's firing off an emotion it's, and your face does that because of the emotion. So the eyes come down and, you know, the sides of them come down like that. And that area there, this area is called the orbicularis oculi. So when you look in there, you don't want to look for those things to be pushed up. They need to be pulled up. And there's a difference in that as well, because you won't see a bunch of wrinkles under that that way. The wrinkles be more toward the top. Excuse me, my eye itches now. The, more toward the um, uh, the eye itself. You know, you'll see, you'll see more 
um, toward the iris, you'll, you'll, you'll see the wrinkles up that way more. So, and also you'll see big indentations here. I smile a lot, so I've got them, you know, mm -hmm. so they're already, but you'll see them much deeper on that person. You'll see more teeth and a real smile than a fake smile. So, and, wow. but you have to see the person smile, fake smile to know about the teeth and how deep it goes in that. But, you, but after a while you'll get, you'll get the hang of it. Start watching people, start observing people. But the key oh, to observing will. people is making sure they don't know you're watching them because then all of a sudden you're <laughs> yeah, a weirdo, you know, you're a freak. So I mean, yeah, everyone's getting Botox these days, so you never know. Wrinkles, not wrinkles. It's Yeah, but if they have Botox, you can about a quarter inch down right in there, about a quarter inch down, you'll be able to tell. You'll be able to see movement up in there. Oh, you know, if nothing's boy, moving here, yeah, look beyond. There. Yeah, I always yeah. thought, you know, if I saw somebody with a lot of wrinkles in their, around their eyes, you know, they're friendly, they smile a lot. Or if you see somebody with the 11 lines, are they kind of grumpy? And then I also have heard that if they have, lines underneath they're kind of like they squint a lot they're kind of suspicious yeah. is that true Let's see see how mine do right there uh -huh. i'm always look when i talked i talked to a lot of people so i'm like this like really are you sure so mine are never going away those little lines you can say they're deep in there we like know. them they're fine they're yeah, good well, yeah. yeah we like well, it <laughs> i'm glad you do thanks um, that's wow that's that's really oh my that gosh i so the what's like the craziest story that you could think of when it comes to body language like or that you've seen ooh. in the interrogation room yeah or... like give us that we want the deets of like the intense stuff well the, uh, i well i can't tell you interrogation stuff but i well maybe i can a couple of things but there was one when i was at the entrepreneur center where this guy was from another country i think it was from romania i think that's mm -hmm. where it's from and I know he was he was seeing this girl. He was dating this girl that was in his company. They weren't saying that, but I could see it on him. You know, I could I could tell. Yeah. And I was talking to this guy. I said, "So you're?" And I can't remember the girl's name. I said, you're, so you're you're dating so and so? And he's, he goes, uh, "No." And I was like, oh, "Okay." And then it just felt weird. I remember thinking. Well, that's a, that's the, the, the no was really small, but it was really tight. You know, it was really tight like that. And then I would ask him questions that I know he knew the answer to that were yes, but he, but he, but as he was saying, he would do this. Oh yes. But he was doing it the way I was telling you guys earlier, not to do, you know, the real small, because that's where this, that's where this, everything was opposite. When I, when I, when I asked him a question, I knew it was yes. And he'd go, yes. You know, or if it was no, he'd go, no like that real small and so i was like i can't figure this guy out man it's really weird it's really odd because everything is the up come to find out the country he's from this means yes and this means no <laughs> didn't know that about that guy so i'll let you know culturally yeah that's one of the first things you look for with body language is this something you're seeing from a limbic standpoint the brain or is it from a cultural standpoint yeah. where they're from wow. Can you talk about extra face? I know we're doing it, but can you yeah. talk about it for the listeners? Okay. Extra face. One time, I, my brother writes TV shows and movies, and I was in Los Angeles as he was directing this TV show. Mm -hmm. And he kept saying, cut. And he would say these people that were sitting in this little restaurant, he would say, uh, you know, hey, dial it down a notch. And they knew what he was talking about. And I was like, okay. And I watched that a couple of times, and then he'd say, Cut. He goes, hey, listen, man, you do this. And I was like, what's going on? And he said, watch these people's faces. They're smiling the whole time. It gets a really weird look on their face. And they won't, every time, you know, we say action or I say action, watch their faces. They all go, 
they get this look on their face like, you know, I'm doing it right it's now. It's just weird. I said, oh, so what it is, is this face you'll see on every TV show you watch now, pretty much every one of them, or movies looking there too. You'll see people in the background looking like this. Like everything's fine. When the Kardashians come in, they all look like this. Because it's a really weird smile on their face and everything's fine. And that's extra face because they know they're not supposed to be on TV, but they're trying to look natural. Like I look like this all the mm. time. And usually people, when they're by themselves, they look like this all the time. You know, your resting face is just like this. But when people sit around like this, it's called extra face. But look for it in movies and TV shows. It's just this odd face where they know they're being watched, but they're not on. They're not supposed to be looking dead, you know, dead down the camera like, hey, they're supposed to have, but they just have this pleasant look on their face that they would never have in that situation. How to spot a narcissist? Oh, man. That's quick. Sometimes, okay, that's a big, um, that's a big one because it's hard to just, you can't just spot them most of the time. But when you meet one, quite often, being girls, if you meet a guy who's a narcissist, They'll make you feel like that you're the most important thing in the world and that you everything you say is wonderful. Everything it's just like you've almost met a kindred spirit with this person because they'll listen to you and they'll laugh at everything you say. They're very engaging. You know, there's um all psychopaths are narcissists, but not all narcissists are psychopaths, right? Oh, wow. And there are different different degrees of narcissism. So the deeper the narcissism goes, the more compliments you're going to get right out of the gate and keep being told how wonderful you are and stuff like that. The smile really goes away. Not a lot of thinking going on, just a lot of talking to you and telling you how wonderful you are. Those are the things to actually watch out for. It's one thing. I mean, when you meet guys in bars, they go, oh, you, you know, they'll start telling you great things about you. But for a narcissist or just a friend you're meeting or somebody you're meeting for the first time, watch how many compliments you get because what they do is they compliment the squat out of you and then those things as you as they um compliment you you like them a lot and all that and then one day the compliments go away and you miss being that feeling you got around that person because their compliments went away so you sort of chase that uh that feeling that you get from that the oxytocin that your brain puts out when you get those when somebody tells you how pretty you are or how great you sing or those types of things Wow. So then finally, when you're just about to give up, they'll give you a little bit of it. You go, oh, there's some more. I can get oxytocin there. In other words, that's the way your brain works. Mm-hmm. So watch for those initial tons and tons of compliments out of the gate. doesn't mean they're a narcissist every time. It's, you can't just spot one. It's something you have to to know that person for a while or deal with that person for a while and watch them sort of at a distance, not at a distance like you know across the room, but watch them with other people that you know. Then you'll be able to pick on, up on They'll talk about I a lot to me I think I do this and it's all about them you know and eventually it's all about them because nobody is is worthy or as worthy as they are or as good a person as they are as smart as they are so it's it's more of experience when it goes through that's that's about that's it it may it take a little while to explain the intricacies of that but yeah, so keep an eye on that. And it's a lot about, here's what I think. I like to do, and you'll get that feeling when you meet guys and they talk about themselves the whole time. Mm-hmm. Eh, you know, you don't yep, want to. We get exhausted by guy. them. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the last question for you is, how did we do? What did you analyze about us? Is there anything <laughs> that you po- that you want to point out? <laughs> um, no, you guys did great. You really did. You, you, you're both using a lot of adapters, but that's okay because you're, 
being videoed and everybody's nervous when they're on camera, you know? Mm -hmm. So you guys are trying to get rid of that built up stress and tension. See how close you're sitting. Sometimes you'll bump each other. Sometimes that, that non mic hand will go and you'll start <laughs> rubbing your leg, those types of things. And it's all normal. You know, it's all, all normal stuff, but you did, you did really well. That's wow. great. We passed the test. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you did great. Where can people find you? Cause I know you are crushing it on YouTube and then you have a channel with three other experts that almost has a million subscribers as well. So where can people find you and learn more about this? And stuff? also anything new you want to talk about? Um, well, I'd say go to the behavior panel on YouTube. That's one that you, you that everything's there pretty much. If you want to get a hold of me or any, or any of us guys, just the behavior panel. And so I'd have nothing really new happening. You know, everything's pretty much, you know, oh, we're going to crime con. We'll be there. So if, you, if you're into true crime and all that, we'll be at crime con. And that should That's be pretty really fun, cool. I think. Well, thank you so much. This has been well, a you're welcome. Blast. We always you, I, I had fun too. Did you? Okay, good. And I'm sure other people listening are loving this as well. Thank you so much Thank for being so on. Much. Excuse my friend. We had the best time with you. And we learned so much. Yeah, hopefully everyone listening learned just as much as we did. Bye. <laughs>